This is the Warminster Town Football Club Supporter Podcast. This is the podcast by supporters for supporters. We bring you match reports, interviews and much more. We travel both home and away to bring you the excitement of non-league football to wherever you are. Well, a very warm welcome to you all. It's been a while since we've done a podcast due to the situation, as we know, with COVID-19. And we'll have a little chat about that with Jamie House coming up shortly. This is an introductory podcast to kick season three off. We've got lots planned for you for this season. So we have guest interviews and there will be a guest interview in this episode we're looking forward to having more chats with the management team from Warminster Town and also bringing in more information about our new ladies team and interviewing people from the team as well. We're looking forward to having some more player interviews this season as well. Many more players. So if you're out there, players listening to this, be ready. Be very ready because we're coming with a microphone for you. <laughs> Don't be scared. It's not that bad. And uh, certainly we've got lots of features lined up throughout the season. So please, please do subscribe to this podcasting channel on whatever platform uh, you like. But now we're going to talk to Mr. Jamie House. Well, we should have Jamie House on the line and we're back for a new season, season three, episode one of the podcast. How are you doing, Jamie? I'm good. It's great to be back. It is indeed. It's a long time uh, because of the, obviously the COVID situation and the end of the season. I know we did a couple of little podcasts to keep things going, but wow, what what a relief to be back. Oh, it is. It's been, what, five, six months? It's been absolutely crazy. Yeah, but there we are. We are now coming to the end of August as we record this and uh, looking forward to, uh, well, getting the season underway on September the 5th. And perhaps we'll talk about that in a moment. But we've had a few friendlies already, so perhaps it'd be just good to review what's happened so far on the pre-season matches. Just want to run through what we've what we've done so far. Absolutely, yeah, we've uh, we've managed to squeeze a few pre-seasons in. We were allowed to uh, the government allowed you know pre-seasons to go ahead in August. So uh, yeah, we uh, we started off with a way trip at, at Wick on the edge of uh, on the edge of uh, Bristol. Um, first game back, so you know that was. Great to see some live football again. And that one sadly ended uh, 2-1 to Wick. And Wick played very well, admittedly. They were a, a very good side, actually, I thought. Um, gave us a really good game. And they played some nice football. Um, I might expect to see them maybe in our league or uh, going up to a league at some uh, the, a league above at some point. Um, so, yeah, that was a good game on a very, very hot day. That was an absolutely stonking day, that one. Mm. Um and then we had uh, Melksham at home. Although we, we had Froome away, didn't we? That's yes. uh, one we didn't go to. That was a bit of a late one. Um, yeah, we played Froome away midweek. Day, I believe Froome had a cancellation, so it was mm. training day. So Andy said, let's have a game. Okay, Have a on. training game instead. Yeah, yeah. So unfortunately, I had plans and you probably had plans and we couldn't get yes. there. Yeah, unfortunately. Unfortunately so. But yeah, we did have a, we did have a, a, a midweek game away at Froome, um, which ended 4-0 to Froome obviously. Um, then we had Melksham at home, and usually on a Friday evening, um, rather than a Saturday. Um, and uh, that was a, a tough game for us. Um, but we managed to hold our own for the most part. Some 
stunning saves from uh, both our goalkeepers in that game. Um, as we have been switching goalkeepers every half for um, for all these pre-seasons with Nathan Ball starting in the first half and uh, Callum Hoteen uh, in the second. Um, so, yeah, that was a, an interesting game. We we came into it a bit more in the second half, I think, uh, and that one only ended 2-0, so that wasn't too bad against higher league opposition. Um, then we had uh, Odd Down, uh, a Bath-based team, uh, come visit. We were supposed to go to their place, obviously, but um, due to the weather, their pitch was... Uh, not playable, so they came to us instead. And that was a very good game. Warminster played very well in that game. Uh, an excellent free kick from Harry Barnes put us in front. Um, sadly, the the second half, oh, well, the second half was still we still played very well. Just lapsing concentration for no more than a minute allowed them to score uh, two goals, um, and then a penalty was given away um, at the end of the game as well. That one ended four one. Um, so the the score line doesn't reflect how Warminster played for the majority of the game. Um, so positives to take from that game. And then we had, uh, obviously, the big derby, the big one, uh, Westbury United. Uh, away just this weekend, just this Saturday gone. Yesterday, in fact. Um, and again, that was a good game. Warminster played really well first half. We were, you know, really pegging um, Westbury back, getting a lot of chances in and around the area. And eventually it took Jack Millick. Uh, running in, I think, on the 43rd minute or something like that. Yes, yeah. Um, to uh, belt an absolute cracker into the top right-hand corner on his left foot, weaker foot. So, um, yeah, that was good. And then the second half, well, we I don't really know what happened in the second half, but uh, I think Westbury went up a gear and I think we went down one. Um, mm. And uh, unfortunately, it ended 4-2 with uh, um, Westbury scoring all four of their goals in the second half. Um, so a bit of suspect suspect defending in the second half. Um, although we did get pull one back at 3-1 um, to make it 3-2. Uh, Delitzo Madsen putting a nice little chip over the uh, Westbury keeper. But uh, mm-hmm. that ended 4-2 in the end. So, uh, yeah, you know, positives to take from the uh, the pre-seasons. I think we've got one more to go. And that's uh, Bradford Town on Tuesday. That's right. Um, we've got to say, we've... We playing apart from Wick because it's difficult to assess where they are in the Gloucestershire League in comparison mm. to Division 1 of, of our league but um, certainly we're playing Premiership teams or through even higher than that so mm. you know we, we've done pretty well you say the little moments it, it's just flattered the other team slightly um, absolutely yeah you know I mean the Melksham game we could have been 5-0 down quite early on because they absolutely <laughs> the goal, yeah. they? <laughs> they missed a yeah. few and Nathan Ball pulled off some good saves and um, but we held it, you know, and it was it we just did, finished at 2-0. Um, with a, probably one or two half chances, it could have changed it mm-hmm. the other way. But certainly our, our two keepers were the, the heroes on the night to keep mm-hmm. that down to 2-0. Yeah, like you say, I mean, you have to take into account that we have been playing, with the exception of Wick, obviously. Um, we have been playing teams that have all been a higher league than us. So, yeah. Yeah, so it's a, it's a good test. And uh, we've seen some good good things from Warminster there. So mm-hmm. uh, I certainly think after the Melksham game, game, the boys learned a little bit about the pace and the speed of Melksham and, and then applied that uh, when Odd Down came. Yes, yeah. I think we played a bit more like Melksham played uh, against us when we, played, uh, when we played Odd Down. Yeah, I think it showed. And, you know, that's one of the advantages sometimes playing a much better side, a much higher league side, that you can learn from that. Um, so it's, it always pays in pre-seasons to play teams a lot higher than you. Yeah, get, you get a, a better idea of what two you can achieve, can't you, mm. and where you can work on things. So 
Um, and then if you go then to play your, your normal level of club, well, hopefully you've raised your standard for, for the for the season, as you say. So that's mm. that's good. Um, just a, a brief thought or two. Um, the fixture list is out, although we have to be a little bit disappointed that the Tool Station Western League website is not displaying it yet. Apparently, they're making some changes and have left it to the last minute to do that. Website, so you have to <laughs> go elsewhere to find the fixtures. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rush, just like to tell us when our first game is. Yes, it is on the 5th of September, I believe. It's uh, obviously on a Saturday, 1500, at home uh, to Radstock Town. Yes, look forward to that. Uh, trip for them not to come too far to play. Mm. So uh, Radstock's always been a bit of a um, slippery team for us, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, you never quite know what you're going to anyway. get Radstock. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, hot and cold kind of situation mm. with them. We can either get thrashed or we can beat them i don't know it's one of those things i think with radstock i haven't looked at all the form figures on them but uh, every game i've seen it's kind of been you know one or the other yeah, seems I seem to, to remember they're doing quite well last season they were yes yes but, um, uh, i think their manager's moved on now hasn't he the previous man so mm, that could be interesting. see how the new one does i'm sure it'll do a good job um we are looking forward to that game very much and of course we would like to mention to everybody and to thank everybody who has subscribed to our youtube channel because we're now back live on youtube with the football yes finally finally it's uh, uh, but by other means that youtube normally recommends but we are on <laughs> and um we thank everybody who subscribed the subscriber numbers are going up the viewer numbers has gone up considerably and the length of time people watch the games for because of the better video quality they tend to come in and stay for the whole match generally speaking so that's much appreciated so if uh, anybody wants to look back on the games on the friendlies that we've been to you'll be able to watch the entire match on youtube just look up warmester town football club or pick up the link from our website uh, and of course we're aim to bring you every match wherever possible live on youtube as well when we get into the league and of course uh, if you listen to this before um, the bradford match which is on Tuesday, uh, which is the 25th of August. Kickoff is 7.30. Uh, we'll be live on YouTube for that as well. So I know we have a lot of people who listen in from all over the country. So you'll be able to watch Warminster Town much more often in much better video quality as well. Um, COVID-19, Jamie, what's your thoughts so far on what the league has done with regard to attendances, etc.? Well, the first four... Um pre-seasons we played have obviously have all been behind closed doors well you could argue wick maybe wasn't behind closed doors but theirs wasn't a ground it was a public space so you know there are a few people there. not yes many. there were a few people there was a few yeah sort of i don't know 40 people maybe something like that and it was a large area so you know um but yeah the, the all the all the other games we played so far have been behind closed doors with the exception of westbury um obviously as the government and FA announced that uh, fans could come back in again with a maximum of 150, I believe. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it was probably the right decision. See, you know, just let a few and now to, you know, let a few people in, see how it goes, see what happens. Um, they can yes. always reverse it if they wish, you know, as long as all the clubs have got appropriate measures in place and they, you know, follow the rules. I don't really see any problem, and you know people there's, are sensible. There's a lot for a club to do. There's a lot mm. for a club to do. Obviously, uh, the spacing, the supporters play their part. 
by sticking to the rules of yes keeping a good distance or staying in your little family groups that's that's allowed your your support bubbles could go together and stand together mm-hmm. but try do try would we encourage supporters to follow the rules because the last thing we want is somebody looking at the football games taking place and saying you're not obeying the guidelines you're not following the rules we'll stop it yeah that's not what we want we don't want another uh, suspension of the league again or or anything like that. We want our football back, and it doesn't take much effort to be sensible. <laughs> no, not really. No. no. So, so we're just a, a word of encouragement to everyone that does come along, is to. And of course, if you come along and find out we've reached the limit, please don't kick off if you can't get in. <laughs> <laughs> Start screaming and shouting at the poor person on the gate who's counted 150, and you might be 151 or two or whatever. Um, just just respect that fact you weren't there early enough to get in mm-hmm. i think some of the clubs will be doing ticketing systems and all kinds of things but yeah i have heard where, that yeah where clubs don't normally get 150 it's pretty Not safe to say they need to worry yeah. too much you know yeah but uh, there could be the certain games where it will it will be that so yes. uh, just need to be very cautious and careful like, yeah you know, yeah, like and, local derbies, for example. That's right. And then <clears> the <throat> next step is 300, I think. So if we can get safely through this 150 period, yeah. then 300 is even easier for clubs at our yeah. level. Well, I mean, yes, yesterday's game was a good measure, I think, because um, normally Warminster versus Westbury gets you know a good 300 crowd, hmm. um, and there was probably not even 150 there, I wouldn't have said yesterday. Um, no. So that's a pretty good measure um, that, you know, people... Or at least aware of the guidelines, if nothing else. Yeah, that's important. So, you know, we'll just encourage everyone listening to to follow that guidance, and uh, all will be well from from many points of view. One for not catching the virus because it still is around. We know that, mm-hmm. and it is making a bit of a comeback in many places. So, we do need to be cautious. Um, I think it is getting a little bit undermined. There are people saying it's not so bad, etc. They're forgetting the hospitals full of people on ventilators and all the mm. other stuff that happened early on. And of course it's, you know, it doesn't take long for things to drop drop out of mind, does it? No, it doesn't, no. We need to be, be wary. And be wary of our volunteers at most of these football clubs. They tend to be uh, more mature people, shall we say, mm. who, if they did catch it, would be most at risk. So uh, respect that as well. That'd be good. Well, I think that uh, that wraps our little point to up, Jamie. Thanks for popping in and discussing it with me today. You're very welcome. We look forward to seeing you at the Bradford game, and we'll say bringing that one live. Uh, and then we can look forward to a final summary before the season kicks off in our podcast the following week, episode two. So yeah. I hope you'll join me on that one as well. I certainly will. Thank you very much indeed. Coming up next. It's our guest of the week. Well, I'm very pleased to welcome our guest on the podcast today. It's Adam Thurston. Now, Adam describes himself as a groundhopper and lover of non-league football. Now, if you're active on Twitter, you may well have seen him there because his Twitter handle is at athurston underscore 1966. Sorry, 1996, in actual fact. 1966 was something more famous, wasn't it? So, welcome, Adam. How are you doing? Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Very well, indeed. Thanks very much, indeed. Looking forward to a football season, which looks like it's going to be underway very shortly, as we record this podcast. Finally. So, we're we're all looking forward very much to that. Um, I'd like to ask you a few questions, Adam. I've been following you for a while on Twitter, and 
seen what you do and what you say. So I'd like to, first of all, tell us, why are you a groundhopper? Why? Um, that's, a, that's actually an interesting question. I, I don't really have an answer to that one. Um, it all started about five years ago. Myself and three friends were just stuck with something to do one Friday night in early January 2015. Um, and we noticed that Cardiff City had a game on in the FA Cup that Friday night. So we all just went along to it, which was our first ever neutral game. And it's just stemmed from there, really. Um, I think I went to around 20 different grounds after discovering there was something called Doing the 92, which was going to all the Premier League and Football League grounds. Um, so the first season was just spent doing that. And then over the last four years, I've gradually just worked my way across the country and across different leagues. Um, so, yeah, why I do it is a really tough question. It's just I, I found a love for it. Um, I've taken breaks from it to play and to do other things, but I always seem to just get drawn back to it for some reason. Right. If it brings you happiness. It's unavoidable. Yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah, excellent. Do you know how many grounds you've actually visited now? Have you ever kept a tally? I have. Um, I think from last night, I went to AEK Bocco against Cabra Heath last night, which was a new one. And I think that puts me up to 336, I believe. Um, it's under 335 or 336. So not a bad total in five and a half years. That's pretty good. Fair few miles under your belt as well, I would imagine, doing that. <laughs> yeah, and, and two, three different cars. Wearing them out fast. <laughs> Yeah, oh, could say that. Yeah, brilliant. Well, obviously you've seen quite a few places. Um, out of all the places you've been, is any particular ground that's been your absolute favourite above all? Anything reason why it will be? It's it's one of those questions that I could answer differently every time I answered it, um, because every ground is so different for different reasons. Um, I've my favourite for the last few years has been Cologne. Um, in the Bundesliga, we, I, my friends and I, we do a trip to Germany every single year, apart from this year, actually, for obvious reasons, um, where we do different Bundesliga grounds. So I think we're up to about seven or eight grounds in the Bundesliga. Um, and we absolutely loved Cologne. We loved everything about the city, about that area of West Germany. Um, but the ground itself was just incredible. And it was a, it was a second division game against Paderborn. It finished 5-3. Um, it was only about 20 or 25 euros to get in. Um, it was a sellout. It, it, just everything about it was brilliant. However, I then went to Tottenham's ground, the new stadium, in February, and that's something else. Um, it was just quite scary walking from the train station, seeing absolutely nothing. And you kind of turn a corner and then it hits you um, where White Hart Lane was, where it almost looked like a, an office building from the outside to what it is now. Um, yeah, that that it was worth the wait. That ground, it was. It's pretty special. Ah, brilliant. Now, shall we just bring down from the level of uh, Tottenham, etc., to non-league? Perhaps you know any favourite little ground you've come across where you know you haven't got the super stands and all of that kind of thing. Yeah, I absolutely love Twerton Park. Um, just something twerk really. I don't know, just something special about the old terracing that they've, that they've maintained. Um, there's lots of grounds very similar to Twerton Park that are exactly the same in, in terms of maintaining that, 
kind of the, the, the olden days about them. Um, being 24 myself, I've missed out on a lot of kind of the old classic grounds. Um, but Torrent Park certainly one of them. Um, just trying to think kind of at our level as well. Really, really liked Buckland's ground in the Western League. Um, for that level, that, that's pretty impressive. Clevedon have got a really good, solid stadium for the level that, that we're, we're obviously talking about. Um, yeah, and then I've been to Lowe's up in the north. The north, they, the quality of the, the, the larger grounds, if you like, at kind of step three and four, um, most of those are, are really quite impressive too. So again, it's one of those questions, as I say, I can answer it differently every day I answer it. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of special ones out there for different reasons. Excellent. Yeah, very good. Now, obviously, you've been, say, you've been to many hundreds of grounds and done many miles. Have you got any funny or unusual experiences to relate about your ground hopping trips? Anything come to mind that's always one of those good tales to tell in the pub? Um, yeah. There's obviously been a few where kind of games have been postponed and floodlights have gone out. Luckily, Touchwood, they've always come back on. Um, for me, other people have failed miserably with that. But I'd say the one story that always sticks out in my mind is when a friend and I went to Brighton against Cardiff on, I think it was New Year's Day or the day before New Year's Eve or something around that time in 2017. We, we left for Brighton about, I don't know, four o'clock in the afternoon on the Friday. By the time it got to about six o'clock, the fog had really started. Um, and we turned up to Cobham Services to watch the, the game get postponed. We then tried to go somewhere else. Um, where did we try and go? We, went, we then got on the road to try and get to Billericay. Um, and then we got halfway to Billericay. Their game was off. And then we eventually turned the car right back around and ended up going to Reading against Fulham. Then watched the first 45 minutes of that, and then that got abandoned for the same fog. Uh, but the frustrating thing with that game um, was the fact that by the time they postponed it, two or three minutes later, the fog had cleared. Um, so it was just one of those nights where everything and anything went wrong for us. So I think we ended up driving about 400 miles um for absolutely no reason at all <laughs> just half a game of football <laughs> yeah yeah um it's, it was one it was one of those it's it it was when i was doing youtube at the time i was filming my match day experiences so it made for quite an interesting video watching that unfold mm. um so if you typed my name in on youtube and it's probably just put brighton afterwards it would probably appear um and it's it's quite a funny watch yeah <laughs> well we've got these stories that's good isn't it so, Adam, what is it that you like best about non-league football? Um, normally, it's the fact that you can turn up wherever you want, whenever you want. Um, you pay a fiver to get in. You can have a pint on the terraces. You can stand behind the dugouts. You can hear everything about the game. You can hear the players shouting. You can hear the swearing. You can hear everything and anything from the dugouts. Um, you can go in to have a, just, you can go and have a chat with anyone you want to um, in the clubhouse at half time. It's just a totally, totally different experience. Um, you really get to meet different people. You really get to see different parts of the country or the world that you would never see before. Um, it's just, it, I don't know, it's hard to explain again, but it's 
kind of that Tuesday night where you can literally pop in the car at 1940 and two minutes later you're at your local club uh, watching sometimes your mates playing as well. Um, there's just it's just one of those things. It's that impromptu decision you can make to go to a game, and you're there within five minutes. You've got no issues, um, and you, there's less of the kind of the, the prima donna paying forty five quid, having to pay forty quid on a train because you can't drive to the ground because of parking restrictions. And there's just something quite special about going to your local club. I think that's the the crux of it, really. Yeah. That's it. Good. And, say and, you, and you, you know where your money's going as well. Um, yeah. you can, you've got a clear vision of where your five quid on the, on the um, getting into the ground. You, you know where that's going. You know where your £2.50 for your Coke or your pint or whatever's going. Um, whereas when you're watching at the top level, you know that it's just going in the owner's back pockets and it's not going to be actually going anywhere special. Hmm. Yeah. No, there's something, and the community spirit that the football club can bring to an area as well, all of that. Is, is good. Exactly. Yeah, excellent. Brilliant stuff. So, the future, we've got uh, the season coming up. Are you planning any more trips for this season? Or is that a silly question? <laughs> and is there anywhere you haven't visited yet you'd really like to go? <laughs> I think in this climate, I'm going to play each day as it comes. Um, I have got plans for tomorrow. So, a friend of mine is currently um, running to all 92 Football League and Premier League stadiums. Um, in one, not in one go, but over kind of a six-month period. So this weekend, he's just finished his leg in Devon. Um, and the last couple of days, he's been en route from Exeter to Southampton and Portsmouth. So tomorrow morning, I'm meeting him at St Mary's. We're doing an 11-mile run. And then I'm watching a doubleheader um, at Baffin's Milton Rovers, who play in the Wessex League Premier Division. And then I think Moneyfields, um, who play in the Southern Premier Division 1, I believe. Um, so they're both on the Isle of Portsmouth. And I'll be honest, outside of this coming weekend, because of the restrictions only just being lifted, I think that's all I've got planned for a while. Yeah. It's one of those where I'm just going to play it by ear, week by week, because we don't know in the current climate what clubs or what areas are potentially going to put in local lockdowns. Um, with all non-league football especially, there's always the risk which I don't know if the FA and the leagues are kind of just trying to brush under the carpet a little bit but we know by the time we get to December and January the pitches will already be struggling the rain will be coming in hard mm -hmm. um, so it's going to be a very difficult season to plan too much ahead um, so fingers crossed we can at least get a full season in um, I'd imagine that it will be a fairly local season for me with lots of revisits at local grounds um, but I'm hoping to kind of cap off the season with my stag doing April. We've just rebooked from a cancelled one in September this year to April next year. So we're off to Berlin. So hopefully, touch wood, we can get a, a couple of good games in over there in April, as long as crowds are allowed in by then. Yeah, oh, wish you well on that. Excellent. Well, Adam, Thank thanks you. very much for sharing your thoughts. It's uh, good to be able to speak to you in person. So we've had a little chat on Twitter a few times. Yeah, absolutely. So that's always good. And if anybody wants to follow... Uh, Adam, just look at us. Hey, we'll get it right this time. It's a Thurston underscore nineteen ninety six, and you've probably worked out. He told us he's twenty four, so that obviously is the year of your birth, isn't it? <laughs> that is. Yeah, my maths isn't too bad. <laughs> so thanks uh, <laughs> for joining us, Adam. Do appreciate your time and take. Well, there goes the final whistle, and that brings this week's podcast to an end. 
We've hoped you enjoyed the Warmest Town Football Club supportive podcast. So before you go, if you haven't done so already, please do subscribe using your favourite platform. Thanks for listening.